Thank you, Jesus. God's word declares in Psalm 51, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from all my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you approve right when you judge. Surely I have been a sinner from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. So Lord, cleanse me with his sup, and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, a clean heart, O God and renew a right spirit within me, a steadfast spirit. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Praise the Lord. May God bless his word to our hearts. You may be seated. Praise God. Amen. Well, I always, as you know, have a little sense of humor to, to go in. And this one, I thought of it today and I said, I think I should share this. You will understand this one. An OPP officer pulled a car over and told the Guyanese driver that because he was wearing his seatbelt, he had just won $5,000 in the province safety competition. What are you going to do with the money, asked the policeman. Well, I'm going to go get the driver's license, he answered. <laughs> oh, don't listen to him, yelled a Trini woman in the passenger seat. He's a smart donkey when he's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> this woke up the Bajan guy in the back seat who took one look at a cup and moaned, I knew we were not going to get far in this thiefing car. <laughs> At that moment, there was a knock from the trunk, and a Jamaican voice said in Patwa, yo, I man make it cross the border yet? <laughs> the Canadian highway patrolman smiled and handed the 5,000 check to the driver, and he said, I have always loved the island talk, but I could never understand it, so have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> I believe God has a sense of humor and we need to have a sense of humor. We need to smile because that doing so opens up the atmosphere for us to relax and hear from God. So this past Sunday yesterday, a day of victory, a day of celebration, a day of rejoicing in God's presence. We ask God to what Jesus reset my faith Right? That was in the morning. Last night we asked Jesus to reset my plans. Jesus reset my plans. Tonight I want to focus on the concept of Jesus reset my purity. Think about it. Jesus reset 
my purity. In order for God to reset our purity, he has to take out the garbage. He has to take out the garbage. He has to remove the baggage that some of us are carrying. You see, even as Christians, sometimes we may not always think that, oh, I have to worry about that. Oh, we're in a holiness church, and this is a holiness church. And we believe in the message of holiness. We are called unto holiness, which is our watchword and song. But the truth is, and I've been around long enough to admit that sometimes we take our holiness message for granted. Some of us have taken our holiness and put it on the shelf like an icon just to be reviewed and sometimes to refer to. But you know, I believe there are times in our lives when we have to be so transparent to admit, you know, hey, please be patient. God isn't finished with me yet. I am not perfect. I'm just forgiven. One of the things I do in London is I serve as a volunteer chaplain at our regional institution, prison institution. And I'm always reminding, reminding the guys in my units that God does not make junk. God made us as somebody. God does not make junk. God made us as somebody. But there's the devil who is there to put junk in our lives. There's the devil who wants to put garbage in your life and my life. And you know, none of us like to take out the garbage. I could tell you this. Actually, today I was thinking, this was garbage morning and I was not home. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I always remember when Jonathan, our son, <laughs> you know, had the task to do that. Jonathan never liked to take out the garbage. So last night in talking to Rose, I said, what do you do? You know, yeah, tomorrow is garbage day. She said, I know, I took it out after I came from church. I didn't want to have to deal with it tonight. <laughs> Nobody likes to take out garbage. That's the truth. You know, you don't always think about it. Each one of us, my friends, however, recognize that God specializes in taking out the spiritual garbage in our lives. And I want you to know that. God specializes in taking out the spiritual garbage in our lives. The thing about it is that the devil always seeks to want to remind us about our garbage. It was prophetic that Pastor Steve prayed in his prayer, talked about the baggage that we carry. I always remember when I was a young man, a young Christian in Trinidad, you know, and we were so excited for our faith and we're not ashamed of sharing our faith. We came up with a t-shirt with a slogan that says, the next time Satan reminds you of your past, you need to remind him of his future for he will be cast into the lake of everlasting fire. Because you see, the devil always wants to remind you and I of our past. He always wants to tell us we are not good enough. He always wants to tell us that God doesn't love us. And as I mentioned last evening, one of the things that Satan works on is that of indifference. Indifference. And Christians may not always commit blatant sins to say, but you know there are subtle sins that we do practice. That we allow the devil to come and work in our lives. And yet we understand what David tells us here. And I love this verse where David says, you know, take my heart, God. 
cleanse me. Create in me a pure heart. Restore in me the joy of thy salvation. And what that represents is the understanding of change. That we all need to experience change in our lives. I always say, you know, when I got saved, I heard a chorus. We used to sing back in Trinidad. It's a great change since I've been born. The things I used to do, I do them no more. The places I used to go, I go there no more. The things I used to say, I say them no more. It's a great change since I've been born. And I say to people, if you got saved and your life has not been changed, go back to the altar. Because you can never be the same again when Jesus comes into your life. You will never be the same again when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to realize that God is all about change and change is inevitable. That's why I love that chorus, change my heart, oh God, make it ever new. Change my heart, oh God, may I be more like you. But some of us, my friends, don't like change. We don't. But I want you to know that the Bible is filled with change. I want you to know that some of the key leaders and the key individuals in the scriptures had to go through that transformation, that evolution in their lives spiritually. We look even at Jacob. We all know Jacob. At first he's known as the supplanter. He is supposed to be one, you thought, who would have had it all. Oh yes, he knew he would have gotten a father's blessing, but no, he wanted a greater blessing. And he always sought to be conniving, to seek to do his own thing. But I want you to know that Jacob had to own up to his garbage. He had to own up to that. And even when he was coming back and recognized he would have to face his brother Esau and all of that he had done in the past, he struggled with that. And so he came to that place where we saw the first wrestling match in the Bible. Where the Bible tells us that during the night, the presence, the Spirit of God came and wrestled with Jacob. And as Jacob began to experience that change, that evolution in his life, and allowed God to begin to reset his life, reset his purity, what did Jacob say? He recognized how important it was, so he cried out, Oh God, I will not let you go until you bless me. We need to desire that kind of change. We need to have that kind of perseverance in seeking God. I will not let thee go until you bless me. We think of Peter. Hmm. You know Peter. When he's good, he's real good. But when he's bad, <laughs> he is real bad. That same Peter, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus had to say, hey, you get behind me, Satan. That same Peter, Lord, I will never, never deny you. I'll go all the way for you. I will die for you. And Jesus said, be careful what you say. And I always say, yes, be careful what you ask God for. Be careful. God is always listening. And you know what happened? Peter denied Christ. But when Jesus came before Peter, Peter was the one who declared the words in the Gospel of John. I am a sinful man, Lord. No, wash my feet, but wash all of me. Cleanse all of me. Purify me. The Apostle Paul in Romans 7 cried out, O wretched man that I am. 
Who will deliver me from this bondage? And he responded, thanks be to God who gives the victory. Yes, change is inevitable, brothers and sisters. And whether we are living as Christians or whether we are not living as Christians or whether we are not fully committed to God, we all need to begin to realize that we need Christ to come in and reset our lives, reset our purity, to change us. We see all types of change. There's environmental change by digging up the past for some people. You know, there are people who tell you that if you are to deal with some of the emotional turmoil in your life, that you have to go back and do generational change. You have to go up and dig it up to deal with some of the unresolved issues. That is good for some, but not always good for all. Then there's change through what we call self-discovery. There's change in many different forms of trying to find yourself. There's legalistic change. We have the power of rules that we exist with. There's even monastic change, intellectual change. On and on we see that. But it takes more than knowing what God wants to change, brothers and sisters. It takes more than knowing how we should live. Most of us would agree that there's a great gulf between what we know and what we do. Many of us could talk the talk, but how many of us really walk the walk? Paul put it this way in Romans 7, 22 to 23. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, working against what I've learned, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. He later added, so then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin, in verse 25. In effect, Paul wrote, I have come far enough to know what God wants me to do. In my mind, I'm phenomenal. Yeah, we know what Paul said. I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. You name it, I, Paul, have accomplished it. All of that. Mentally, Paul is saying, I can get an A+. Plus. But when you look at my actual resume, there's a lot of failure in my life. There's a big gap between what I know I should be doing and what I am actually doing. You see, my friends, change cannot begin until we know that knowing is not enough. We can know about holiness. We can talk about it. We can say, yes, I believe in entire sanctification. Yes, I agree. All of that is right. And oh, there's sin all around us. But until we come to the place of realizing that we can have to be so transparent, like David, that we have to cry out, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. The question is, it is not talking about the things that are on the surface, but sometimes the things where it really matters. For example, 
you know, when you think about what are we actually doing and understanding that what we know is not enough, we ask the question, are you as good an employee as you know to be? Are you as pure in your thoughts as you know to be? Are you as truthful and loving as you know to be? Some of us might be honest and say, well, no, I'm not really. I'm not. And I would admit, well, that's right. Maybe neither am I. You see, none of us will be if we keep fooling ourselves into thinking that knowing what to change will bring about change. It won't. Churches, pastors, you know, schools and books that promote change through information alone are really promoting frustration. And it's sad because I believe there's a better way. And you see, my friends, it is time to admit that we can't do it ourselves and to recognize that none of this, as I just mentioned, is what is the answer. Because we have to first recognize that Jesus is the only answer. Amen. We have to first recognize that's why we need the infilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because, you know, if it is up to you and I, we will always mess up. Because we live in a fallen world. We have inherited the nature of sin. And we have to admit there are times when even all of us as pastors, there are times I could confront somebody about something and the way I would speak afterwards, as I reflect on it, I would say, did I have the right attitude? Was my words done in a loving way? And I have to go back and say, brother, sister, I do want to apologize if I offended thee. Because we understand, my friends, that we have to first, if we have to change, we have to first admit who we are. We have to first admit that we may have a problem, or I am the problem. You know, and none of us love to admit I am the problem to say. But let's accept once and for all that our problems are not due always to other people. Some people blame their parents for their problems. Some people blame their past for their problems. Some people will not take total responsibility for their actions. Some of us don't like to go where it hurts. Some of us don't want to acknowledge we are responsible for our choices Amen. and our actions. Amen. Some of us are like these two construction workers who sat down to have their lunch one day. And one opened his lunchbox and angrily screamed, I can't believe it. Bologna again. I hate bologna sandwiches. This is the fourth time this week that I've had bologna. And I can't stand bologna. His friend tried to settle him down. Take it easy. Take it easy. Why don't you just tell your wife? that you have had enough bologna, that you don't like bologna sandwiches? Maybe buy something else and bring home for her to make the sandwiches. Ask her to fix something else. The guy replied, wife, I make my own lunch. <laughs> and that's the reality of it. 
We may try to blame everybody else for our problems, for the baloney that is in our lives. Some people blame God. But the reality is we make it. That's the truth. And we have to come to that place where we begin to allow God to change us. We have to take responsibility to admit like Paul did in Romans 7.24, Oh, wretched man that I am. Are we always willing to say that? Are we always willing to say like King David after he had sinned and recognized his wrong? Have mercy upon me, O oh God, according to your love and kindness, according to your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. You know, the word wretched means distressed or miserable through exhaustion from hard labor. That's what it first means. And this is the words that came from the Apostle Paul's lips because he was exhausted from trying to change himself. He was exhausted. He came to a desperateness where he said, God, I want to be a different person. More or less, God, reset my purity. Reset my life. I want to be a different person. This is what he was saying. I'm not going to shield myself from the darkness in my own heart anymore. I really want to be the person you want me to be. I pray that is, that is the desire of all of our hearts tonight. As we have come for revival, come for renewal, we recognize, as you have heard, there are prerequisites to revival. For in order for God to bring revival among us, you and I have to be willing to change. You and I have to be willing to be open and honest and ask God, oh God, am I where you want me to be? Amen. Am I the person that you created me to be? Right. Am I living in a way that will so honor you day in and day out, not just in church on Sunday morning? We have to say, God, I want to be a different person. I'm not going to shield myself from the darkness in my own heart anymore. I really want to be the person you want me to be. I want to be righteous and godly and true. As I'm speaking that, I'm speaking to my own self because that's my heart's desire. So we have to face up to who we really are. And that's why Paul says, oh, wretched man, oh, wretched woman, Realize that change begins with genuine, humble, contrite admission. Amen. And that's what David said here, you know, in Psalm 51. I remember in my struggles as a young Christian, coming out of the world, I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up in the Catholic church in Trinidad. And, you know, you had religion, but no relationship. And I went away from that. And in God's divine plan, God brought me to a crossroad. I remember when I was invited to this crusade, as we would call it. I went because my mother said we had to go. I was still living at home at that time. So I went along and I heard and all of that. But God began to create a spark in my life. And God began to, began to speak to my heart. And eventually I decided I need to change. Amen. I need to give my life to God. 
I remember when I accepted Jesus Christ, the first thing I decided was to go to my number one body, who we played soccer together, we, we traveled together to the school from, you know, from Santa Cruz to Arima, those who know Trinidad, you know, and have to get up so early in the morning to catch a bus and all that kind of story. And he was there, and we, when we were going to do our GCs, we were there, but he was the one who first led me to smoke a joint. And I confess I've done it. I'm not going to deny it like some people did. You know? <laughs> but I remember when I accepted the Lord, the first thing I decided, I need to go to my closest friend and say, brother, I've decided to change. Amen. Amen. I have decided to change. And he said, what? I said, yes. I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That's the phrase they used back then. So I said that to him, and he said, okay, that's good for you, but not for me. I said, come on, man. I said, you know what? You have nothing to lose. And he said, oh, don't worry. I'll be right here. I'll wait for you to come back. I know it's because of some girl in the church. You check it out. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait for you, you know. But God had changed my heart. We went separate ways, and sadly, it always breaks my heart when I think about this. Because it was years later, I was traveling to go to preach at another church in Trinidad, and I was there in San Juan, right by waiting for a taxi, and I saw this person sitting on the street corner, filthy rags. I looked down, and the person looked at me, and then I saw the eyes. And I realized, man, and you know, we have a nickname in Trinidad. He was called Panther. He used to glide. And I tell you, Smoody was one of the most talented football soccer players you could ever meet. He had great talent. I looked down and I said, wait a minute, that's him. And I started walking to him and he got up immediately and walked away. Because I know he recognized me as well. And years later when I saw him after that, he was a zombie of himself. He went from marijuana to heroin to PCP, and he lost his mind. And of course, he died at a very young age. And I always acknowledge, oh God, I'm so sorry. But there goes me but for the grace of God. Because I could have been down that same path if I was not willing to allow God to change my life. And you and I need to realize this. We need to turn to God. We need to turn our hearts, our all to God. We talked about when we allow Jesus to reset our faith, we become faith fuel believers. We are different. We are going to be such that, my friends, we wouldn't be like the normal person. We recognize when Jesus resets our plans, we are called to go all in for God. And I'm saying tonight, if Jesus is to reset our purity, you and I have to come to that place of total transparency, total honesty, total realization, and ask ourselves, am I 100% where God wants me to be? We turn to God and realize only he can change our hearts. I tried to make myself good. It never worked. I tried to make myself pure. That didn't work. I could tell you that. I struggled many a times as a young Christian. That's why I believe in the message of holiness. That's why I believe in what we call second blessing. 
Because I recognized I needed that. I got saved, but I was still struggling with my past. I was still struggling with the world and, and the drawbacks sometimes. That was still there. But I realized that God called me to experience his grace and mercy. And I would go pleading to God and I thank God for my pastor back then. Thank God you have a pastor like Pastor Nick too who will tell you that the altar is your friend. Amen. My pastor said to me, you keep going to that altar until you get the victory. Amen. Until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Then you will know. And how true that is indeed. And I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord that I obtained that victory. And I thank God that tonight all of us could have that victory. I thank God that we can come and experience more of what David said here in this word. When Paul says that, I thank God. We sometimes have to ask, Paul, break that down first. I thank God who gave it the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, think about it. You see, my friends, when it comes to God resetting our purity, it's not about the things that we see in front of us. We are all good at putting on a great image. We all know how to dress up. That's the truth. Church people could dress up, don't worry. They know. And sometimes it's not just physical dressing up, my friends. Because eventually, just like in addiction, we learn what to speak the language people need to hear. And yet, inwardly, we know there's that turmoil, there's that struggle. And sometimes we're not willing to allow God to really work inside. We say, God, work on the outside. But you see, my friends, we have learned in God's equation, inward transformation results in outward expression. And you see, no matter what, that's why the scripture says, surely your sins find you out. We could hide from God, from God, no. We could hide from people, yes. But we cannot hide from God. And the other truth is, we cannot hide from ourselves. And I learned, you know, it's like us being like a pumpkin. You know, it's October month. So you see pumpkins all the way. So I want you to think about it. And the verse tells us in, in Romans 5, 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let me illustrate it. A lady recently being baptized was asked by a co-worker what it was like to be a Christian. She replied, it's like being a pumpkin. What? She said, God picks you from the patch, brings you in, and he washes all the dirt off you. Then he scoops out all the yucky stuff. He removes the seeds of doubt, the seeds of hate, the seeds of greed, etc. Then he carves you a new smiling face. And then he puts his light inside of you to shine for all the world to see. Amen. 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 You see, that's how God does it. And you and I need to allow God to come and take out the yucky stuff. Amen. Because you cannot be pure within and still have ought against your brother and sister. Amen? Amen? Because there are even Christians who don't talk to this one or that one. That always bothers me and I say, ouch, indeed. 
They're Christians when God speaks to their hearts. They're saying, okay, God, take it easy. It's not me. Check the person next door. Or the person next to me in the seat. You know? But God is calling us, my friends, in this day and age, to live holy lives. If there's ever a time that the light needs to shine, now is the time. Because when that light begins to shine, we will see transformation. We will experience that. And a key strategy in this change is, uh, my friends, allow God to do what he needs to do. Allow God to do his work. Allow God to come even in those areas that we hide. And begin to say, yes, God. I am willing to surrender. I, you may ask, does God still change people? I say, yes, he does. God changes people and he wants to change all of us tonight. But the truth is, I cannot change you. Pastor Nick cannot change you. And that's why I love that chorus that says, take my life. That's the title of it. Holiness. Holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness is what you want from me. And the chorus, take my heart and form it. Take my mind and transform it. Take my will and conform it. Amen. To yours, to yours, O oh Lord. Yes, that's what God desires from you and I, holiness tonight. And I don't know about you, but I crave for more and more of God. I want more and more of God's presence in my life. I want more and more of God's holiness in my life. I never think, oh, yeah, Pastor Junior, I've been preaching for 38 years, so he doesn't need to worry. Uh-uh. Every day, I am mindful, oh, God, have mercy upon me according to your love and kindness. Amen. Oh, God, thank you for your mercy and grace in my life. May I never take it for granted. May I be mindful that I am reflecting Jesus. Are you being Jesus to your friends? You know, sometimes it's like the two brothers who are fighting over who should get the largest piece of the pie. And the mother rebooks them and says, you guys, stop fighting. Remember, we are Christians. You need to be like Jesus. And the bigger brother says to the other one, hey, you be like Jesus. I'll take the bigger piece of the pie. You know? But it doesn't work like that. We have to be like Jesus 24-7. We have to understand the church today needs people who are on fire for God. People who are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. People who are so filled with passion. I thank God for my, one of my spiritual mothers in London. You know, she is not ashamed to say, hey, I'm a Jesus freak. She is 82 years of age. She's bold. Every Wednesday she wants to go visiting with me when we go out visiting. I take her with me. When we do pastoral calls, she comes along. And when you talk about Jesus, wow, she talks about Jesus. Amen. She preaches about Jesus. You know, when I talk about this, she would stand up and say, praise God, I'm a Jesus freak. <laughs> but she has a heart of gold. 
the love of God flows out of her life. You see, you and I are called to allow that light to shine. And when we do so, as David found out, when he acknowledged that and he cried out, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right, a steadfast spirit within me. He said, do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And then why? What will happen as a result? Because he recognizes when God begins to do our work in us, when we are changed, things will happen. Immediately David says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Praise God. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Amen. Amen. My friends, I'm not going to continue to preach any longer because I know God's Spirit is speaking to each of us, even myself. And I believe we need to take time to really begin to reflect on the innermost parts of our lives, deep within. Are you willing to let God reset your purity? I invite the worship team to come. As they are coming, I want you to think, God, is there areas in my life, ask yourself that question, that need to be changed. Lord, am I at a place where I should be spiritually? Lord, I recognize I could be in the church how long? I could be a preacher, I could be, you know, a board member, a leader in the church. I cannot take it for granted that I'm all right. I need to have a contrite heart. Are we willing to do so? Are we willing to come to that place? So let us stand together. And we're going to come as we sing tonight. We're going to open this altar. I'm going to say I'll be one of the first to come here at this altar and say, Lord, work in my life. Lord, search me, O God. I know my heart. Search me, O oh God. Lord, you know where I need to change. You know my attitudes. You know my actions. Speak to my heart right now. And as the Spirit leads you, I invite you to come. And let us come before God in humility, surrendering ourselves to God. your desire. Join me. Let's come before God and say, yes, Lord. That's what I know you want from me, so I'm coming. I'm asking you, Lord, to take my life.
presence as your children tonight because there are those of us who are being honest with you oh God and ourselves and father first of all I pray if there's anyone who is standing here or kneeling here who does not know you as Lord and Savior that first of all they will recognize like David as they cried out for God's forgiveness God faithfully cleansed and forgave David of his sin and in the same way tonight, Lord, we are saying as believers and even those of us, Lord, who may have been Christians for many years, we are acknowledging, Father, that we want more of you tonight, Lord. We want more of your holiness, oh God. We acknowledge, Father, that, Lord, we know there are times when we have not honored you. There are times when we have, not fa we have failed you. There are times when we have not been obedient to you. So just like Nehemiah prayed, when he recognized, Father, what was needed, he prayed for your forgiveness. He said, Lord, be attentive unto the prayer of your servant who calls your name. For Lord, he prayed that you would forgive the sins of his forefathers, the sins of his people, and his own sins. And Lord, we are asking, oh God, for your Holy Spirit to fall fresh upon every heart, every life here tonight. 
Lord, we believe it's not our doing, it's not the preacher's doing, but it is your Holy Spirit that is at work on our lives. It is your Holy Spirit that is going to cleanse us, that is going to deliver us, that is going to bless us. It is your Holy Spirit that is going to flow in each heart, in each life here, standing, kneeling before you. It is your Holy Spirit, oh God, who is going to minister. So bless these, your servants. Bless your children as they stand here, as they say, oh God, I want more of you. I want you to cleanse me, to purify me. I want you, Lord, to change my life, Father. I am acknowledging God. Yes, Lord, there are areas where I know I need more of you. I need your fullness. I need that cleansing, refining fire in my life. I need, Lord, for your spirit to come in its fullness, Lord. I'm not going to settle for that which is less than the best. But, oh God, fill me. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Oh God, work in my life, oh Father. Cleanse my heart. Against me totally, Lord. You know each area, Father. Spirit of the living God. Just fall fresh upon us right now. We are here to receive from you, Lord. We are here to experience and encounter you. We are crying out, revive us, oh Lord. Revive us again, oh God. Fill each heart with your love. We want that pure love in our lives. That sense of perfect love. Oh God, we want you to do what you need to do in each heart, in each life. Here tonight, Father. Oh, we surrender all, Lord. We surrender, Lord. So Lord, by faith we receive your touch. By faith we receive your Holy Spirit. By faith, Lord, we are saying, Jesus, reset our purity. Take out the garbage, Father. Lord, I no longer want to carry it. I'm no longer hiding it. Take it out, Lord. Take it away, Father. Spirit of God, move as only you can. Move as you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, refine us, oh, God. Fill us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we know faithfulness is what you need from us. Oh, God, fill us. Oh, Jesus, we cry out to you. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
tonight as we go on through this week, we're going to examine how God resets our lives. Tomorrow evening, we're going to examine what it means to have the presence of God, to be distinctively Christian as God ministers to us. Let us pray one for another. Let us pray and invite others as we seek God to move among us because God is faithful. Hallelujah. Praise God. Pastor, Sister Budu, would you come and close our evening in prayer, my sister? Lord, we want to thank you once again for this great message that you bestow unto us. Lord, I pray that you may open up our hearts. Help us, Lord, to look deep within our hearts for all the garbage that we have placed in there. Help us, Lord, to place them at your feet and renew within us, Lord, your spirit. Lord, replace all those garbage with your Holy Spirit in our hearts. Amen. Lord Jesus, for freedom only comes from you. And only you alone has the power to make us new. Lord, restore the joy of your salvation within us today, God. Lord, as we come here week after, day after day, Lord, I pray that you may help us and renew our spirit with each topic today, Father. Continue to bless the speaker, Lord. Continue to bless Pastor Junior, Lord, as he embarked these words unto us, Lord, that they will touch hearts and it would not return void to their God. Help us, Lord, to change our attitude, to change our behavior. Lord, let us ask for forgiveness, Lord. We are never too big to do that today, Jesus. Lord, confirm. Let us be holy people in Jesus' precious name, Lord. Take us home safely, Lord, and bring us back again to glorify and to praise your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you repeat after me? Would you repeat after me? The Lord, the Lord is helping me, helping me to, take out, take out, to take out to take out the garbage. The garbage. Amen. Amen. And amen. Greet one another. Greet one another. Be a blessing to someone. Go and see our beautiful soloist, Kathy Ann. And get, get one of our CDs, would you? Thank you, worship team. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Susano. Thank you, Kathy Ann. And to each one of you for worshiping here with us tonight.